We're going to be in Habakkuk 2, 5 through 20, and we're going to be talking about five woes of the puffed up way. Um, we've been looking at this this study in Habakkuk, and we've been seeing um, that the way uh, Habakkuk approaches God is unique among all the prophets, whereas most of the prophets in the Old Testament speak to uh, the people on God's behalf, Habakkuk speaks to God on the people's behalf. He intercedes and, and uh, mediates um, the, uh, uh, the people's laments and complaints to the Lord and, uh, and brings those things to the Lord in faith and, and laments and protests the situation in Israel in faith. And, uh, and we're going to see now uh, in Habakkuk 2 another answer of the Lord to Habakkuk. And, and it's going to be pretty interesting because what uh, the Lord is going to do is he is going to um, answer Habakkuk by putting words into the mouth of those that Babylon is oppressing, that is Israel and the rest of the nations. Uh, so we're going to be in Habakkuk 2, 5 through 20, and, um, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. So uh, let's just pray and ask for, uh, for God's help. Father, I just ask you that you would be with us in this time and help us to, to learn and to grow and to just be encouraged in this season, uh, and that you would use this time to create living faith in our hearts in the hearts of Cross United Church, in the hearts of um, us as Christians, and that we would be people of faith, not fear. We would be people of hope, not despair. And that we would be people um, uh, with, with just this abiding sense of peace in the midst of frustration, anxiety, and confusion. And we pray these things and ask for your Spirit's help. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, we left Habakkuk off uh, in chapter 2 with the Lord beginning to answer Habakkuk's second prayer. So, so Habakkuk's framed around this dialogue between God and Habakkuk. So, Habakkuk 1, 2 through 4, Habakkuk brings this, com this complaint, this lament um, to the Lord, and he says um, to the Lord, he asks the Lord, why is this happening? Um, how long, O Lord, is this is this?" is is this going to go on why are you doing why are you letting this happen and the lord's answer is this this astoundingly difficult response that you know you think it's bad now it's going to get worse that uh i'm going to bring the even more evil babylonians to to bring judgment upon the people of judah and and then habakkuk goes he goes back to the lord a second time and he says lord um lord and he, he in Habakkuk 1, 12 through 17, he appeals to God's character. He says, you're eternal, you're holy, you're li the living God, my rock. Um, how, how can this be your plan? And the Lord's answer in Habakkuk 2 is the, is, um, the rest of Habakkuk 2, ver two uh, verses 2 through 20 is the Lord's response. And the Lord's response is, first of all, that Ultimately, the people of God are not people of triumphant military victory, but they're people of faith in contrast to the arrogance of the worldly nations and the worldly empire of Babylon. And so we saw in Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4, that, that, um, that, that the, the righteous will live by faith is the response that God gives to Habakkuk. And then we're going to see 
him continue in verses 5 through 20 in in showing the the destiny of the the one who is arrogant and puffed up that is that is babylon that that there the way of the 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 arrogant is a way of woe and he pronounces these five woes on babylon putting these woes in the mouth of the oppressed people uh the people who babylon um, has oppressed. And, uh, and so these, these are sort of like, if you know the Beatitudes in Matthew, these are sort of like the anti-Beatitudes. These are sort of like, um, the, the, if the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed, um, all of these blessings Jesus pronounces. These are sort of like the unblessed life. These are sort of like the way of life when you're living outside of the parameters of what God um, offers to you in in faithfulness to Him, so so we're I'm calling this five woes of the puffed up way, five woes of the puffed up way, um, and and what we're going to see here in Habakkuk two five through twenty is we're going to see a pattern of these woes W O E not like whoa like W O A W H O A like amazing whoa but woe W O E like like judgment and 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 despair and 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 the negative um the negative anti-blessing the antithesis that the opposite of blessing uh five woes pronounced upon babylon by those who have been oppressed by babylon and then there's going to be a corresponding judgment so the woe is based on what babylon has done and the judgment is their reward for that the the judgment is is there what they the, the, they're reaping what they're sowing, and I think we're going to see here as we look at these five woes some patterns that that sort of mirror our own whoa sorry uh, sort of mirror our own uh, culture and our own society that I think um, some things that are being exposed in our hearts in our lives and in the, in in our culture both broadly and also. Um, uh, in the church. And so the first woe, um, well, first of all, the first woe is in verse six, but before that he kind of transitions in verse five to this overall description of the wicked. So if you have your Bible, Habakkuk two, five, moreover, wine betrays an arrogant man is never at rest. He enlarges his appetite like Sheol and like death, he is never satisfied. He gathers all the nations to himself he collects all the peoples for himself. Um, and so we see here this, this overall description of the wicked. The, the, the wicked are those who are voracious and greedy for what they don't already possess. That, that the essence of wickedness is this, this greed and this ultimately this greed for the self, this pride, this overbearing desire to be the center, to be the one who is is um, glorified, um, and and he says he, he gathers, he enlarges his appetite like Sheol, and like death he's never satisfied. He gathers all the nations to himself, and he collects all the peoples for himself. And so, so we we're seeing this this overall description of the pride and the arrogance of the wicked, the 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 puffed up one. In the puffed up way is is at the end of the day, the way um, only of despair 
and judgment and woe uh, rather than prosperity and blessing. So there's this temporary sense in which the wicked seem to prosper, um, but ultimately the destiny of the wicked is a way of judgment. And so let's get in then to the first woe in verse 6. Won't all of these take up a taunt against him with mockery and riddles about him. They will say, woe to him who amasses what is not his, how much longer, and loads himself with goods taken in pledge. So all of these, all of the peoples that that Babylon has been conquering are now coming as, as witnesses in the trial that Yahweh, the Lord, is bringing against Babylon, and they're pronouncing this first woe. And, and what we see here is that the, the first woe is that Babylon is a people of plunder. There are people who take what isn't theirs. They're, they're, they're like pirates or, or mercenary. They're, they're pillaging and, and stealing. Um, and, and this woe is pronounced, it says, who amasses what is not his. So just taking from others. Um, I think we've seen this, you know, like just with people hoarding things in this season out of fear, people who are plundering, you know, publics for, for toilet paper, um, and, and people who are amassing all of these things, not, not in the same way, they're not stealing it, but they're, they're not leaving it for their neighbor. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're stockpiling rather than leaving some for those who may not have any. Um, and I think this is just a product in some ways of our, our we're not a, necessarily a plundering or mercenary society, but we are very, we're very much a consumerist society. We're, we're, we plunder and, and take and we take and we take and we consume. Um, and I think we're being exposed in that. Now, I'm not against watching uh, you know, TV or, or enjoying some of those things, but, but I wonder how much time we're spending in this season creating and contributing rather than just consuming. Um, so we see there their first woe on the plundering of Babylon. And notice the, the first judgment. So there's woe, the first woe in verse 6, and then the, the, the first judgment in, in light of that in verses 7 and 8. Won't your creditors suddenly arise, and those who disturb you wake up? Then you will be spoiled for them, since you have plundered many nations." And all the people who remain will plunder you because of human bloodshed and violence against lands, cities, and all who live in them. So there's this, there's this, rec, this, this reciprocity, this reap, you're, you're reaping what you've sown, that the plunderer becomes the plundered. Um, it, you know, it's like when, when I used to pick on my little brother and they say, one day he'll be bigger than you. Well, he never got bigger than me, but he got close and he's strong. Um, and now, now he can, he could probably take me if we got in a physical, um, and this is what's happening. Babylon's picking on those who are weaker than them, but it's going to, the table's going to turn and they're going to receive judgment for what they've done. That's the first woe in verses six through eight. The second woe in verse nine, woe to him who dishonestly makes wealth for his house to place his nest on high to escape the grasp of disaster. And what we see here is sort of in, in, in summary that Babylon is relying on treasure for their dishonestly making wealth for his house to place his name and escape the grasp 
nature. Babylon assumes that all of these things they have plundered and, uh, and accumulated are going to guard them and protect them and lift them above the fray of danger in the world. And, and I think we've seen that exposed as well in our culture, in our society, in our own hearts, our own lives, churches, that um, what are we relying on for our security? Where are we finding our hope? What is our, what is our nest on high? What's lifting us above the fray of the moment? Uh, is it what we have in the bank? Is it the, the stockpiling of our, of our toilet paper? What is, what is it that we're finding our protection in? Now, it doesn't mean we don't use wisdom and we don't prepare. The ant in Proverbs prepares for the winter doesn't mean we don't, you know, look to save and we don't have a reservoir and, a, and an emergency fund. doesn't mean we don't have cash reserves or whatever the case may be that wisdom would, would say this is a good thing to do. Is our hope in that? This is where Babylon's hope is in their treasure. And notice the judgment in verses 10 and 11. You have planned shame for your house by wiping out many peoples and sinning against your own self. For the stones will cry out from the wall and the rafters will answer them from the woodwork. So the shame upon Babylon, the stones will cry out and the rafters will answer. All, all, so, so, so they're sinning against themselves. They're bringing this judgment on themselves. Their actions are actually a, a form of judgment themselves. That all, of, all that's, that they have done is actually bringing judgment upon them. All, all gathered for themselves and all that they've built based on the plunder that they've plundered is going to itself be judgment upon them. So that's the second woe in verses 9 through 11. Habakkuk uh, 2.12, we see the third woe. And, and look what he says. He says, woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with injustice. So, so this is the third woe. The if you know the first woe was um, plundering and consuming. The second woe was looking to treasure for security. The the third woe is building uh, upon an evil foundation. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with injustice. It's you. It's it's the ends justify the means sort of reasoning that, that I'm doing something for the right reason, but I'm going about it the wrong way. This is what Babylon's doing. And look what the Lord pronounces and, and the oppressed of Babylon pronounce upon Babylon. Verse 13, Habakkuk 2, 13. Is it not from the Lord of armies that the people's labor only to fuel the fire and countries exhaust themselves for nothing for the earth will be filled. And this is a famous verse of Habakkuk, probably one of the two or three faint, really, really well-known verses from Habakkuk that people may not even know that's where it was from. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters cover the sea. So the first, the third woe is they're building this, this foundation of their house on evil. And the judgment in verses 13 and 14 is that their, their attempts to continue will be, will be futile. They're going to weary themselves for nothing. It's not from the Lord of armies that the people's labor only to fuel the fire and countries exhaust themselves for nothing. So all, you know, this is, this is the curse of sin upon humanity. It says, you'll, you'll, thorns and thistles, the ground will yield for you. 
when you try to work it and, and, and plant and, and grow, that this is the curse of sin, that, that there's futility in our work. And this is what, this is the curse that God is pronouncing, the judgment he's pronouncing upon him, uh, Babylon. That then, and what he's saying in contrast to that, in contrast to this futility, the sure is that the glory of the Lord Yahweh will flood the earth. This is the promise that we have. That, that no matter what things look like in a given snapshot or slice of a moment, that this is the sure hope. You got to think where, where we've come from. This was little prophet Habakkuk in the nation of Israel, this little tiny sliver of a nation of, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe several million in this sea of the ancient Near Eastern world. And now where are we? We're, we're, I'm in Florida, you're Florida, wherever you may be. And, and this promise is coming true. There are people who know the name of the Lord in every nook and cranny of the globe. And this promise is coming true. That, that history has proven Habakkuk right. That the earth has become full of the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters cover the sea. And this is the, the motivation for the mission of the church. Because there are still people who don't know. As much as it has, there are still dry spots. There are still places where the knowledge of the glory of the Lord has not flooded the earth. And this is why we go out into the world and make disciples of the nations. The third woe, building on evil and the third judgment. The fourth, Habakkuk 2.15. Woe to him who gives his neighbor's drink, pouring out your wrath and even them to look at their nakedness. This fourth woe in, in Habakkuk 2.15 is oppressing some, someone's neighbor, getting them drunk, causing them to sin. Jesus said if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, um, that, that um, you know, it'd be better that a millstone was hung around his neck and he was thrown in the sea. That, that the, the, the fourth way is that people leading each other in the wrong way and applauding each other's sin and encouraging one another in their sin. This is what was, was Babylon. Um, he, he gives his neighbors drink, pouring out wrath and making them drunk in order to look at their nakedness. He's, he's exploiting and using people rather than loving people and honoring people. How often do we do that where we use people? People are a means for our purposes. The judgment, the fourth judgment in life Oh, there we go. Okay, now I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, y'all pray pray for my internet. Maybe we'll have to have a, a prayer meeting and come lay hands on the router. Just um, This fourth judgment in light of one's neighbor in Habakkuk 2.15, that there will be shame instead of glory, that the cup of wrath in the Lord's hand, Habakkuk 2.16, will come around and utter disgrace will cover your glory. That we see here that the cup is throughout scripture is, is used as a, a metaphor for what God is going to do in pouring out his judgment on the nations, on those who are outside of his will and his purposes. And what we see in the gospel is that Jesus says, what does, he, what does Jesus pray in the garden? He says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What's he talking about? He's talking about the cup of the wrath of God against sin that Jesus bore in his body on the cross. 
so that anyone who will turn from their sin and trust in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin will be forgiven their sin and given eternal life. Jesus was buried and he was raised from the dead. And on the cross, Jesus took the cup of the wrath, God's wrath and he drank it down to the bottom. He drained the cup of God's wrath so that Christ, there is no wrath of God for you against sin because Jesus took every drop of it. But if you're outside of Christ, that you will bear the brunt of the cup of God's wrath on your own, like Babylon. For violence against Lebanon will overwhelm you. Destruction of animals will terrify you. Babylon. And then finally, in, in Habakkuk 2, 18 through 20, we see the fifth woe. The fifth woe. What... Habakkuk 2.18, what use is a carved idol after its craftsman carves it? It's only a cast image, a teacher of lies, for the one who crafts its shape trusts in it, and idols that cannot speak. Verse 19, Habakkuk 2.19, woe to him who says to wood, wake up, or to a mute stone, come alive. Can it teach? Look. It may be plated with gold and silver, yet there is no breath in it. Oh, getting, getting a piece of wood and, and plating it with gold and saying, wake up and save me. There was a time I found this, this thin gold necklace in, a, in the parking lot and uh, I took it to a pawn shop and um, they did a test on it. And what they found is that, that this gold necklace that I'd found um, at the pawn shop that, that they, they did a test and it was only gilded with gold. It wasn't really gold. It was let the whole earth be silent in his presence. There's nothing left for the enemies of God to say. They're silent before him. This is, this is the response of those who are in the presence of a holy God because there's no answer for their sin. The response of a Christian, though, is, is different. The response of a Christian is that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And we will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Silence before God in light of sin. Um, Habakkuk is going to write a psalm. He's going to write a poem in Habakkuk 3. The earth is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth be silent in his presence. And what does Habakkuk do? He prays, Habakkuk 3.1, a prayer of the prophet Habakkuk according to the Shigianoth. Lord, I've heard the report about you. I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. The wicked are silent, but the righteous are singing. And I think that's where Habakkuk leaves us. We're going to continue with Habakkuk 3 next time on Friday. We'll do this again at 1230. Um, sorry about the connection. I may have to find a better spot in the house next time to... Uh, 
to live stream, and uh, it was good to see you all. Uh, well, I guess you saw me. I didn't see you. Um, and if you missed any of this, you can check it on replay. We're going to put it in our podcast stream. Um, and I'll be sending out email for Cross United with some updates on Sunday. We're going to do our Zoom call. We're going to be handing out gift bags for Easter. And um, if you're able to help with that, let me know. I've had a couple people say they might be able to. And um, let's pray. I'll bless you, and then we'll go. Thank you, Lord, for this word from Habakkuk. Um, There's warnings of the puffed-up way, the way of arrogance, the way of the world. And I pray we wouldn't walk in this way, but we'd walk according to the blessed life in Christ. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.